Welcome back. We are continuing now. We are going to start tonight the first chapter. Actually, we're going to start and complete probably the first chapter because the first chapter is very, very short. Far shorter than the compiler's forward that we've been learning until now. Just to uh, remind you, we've been studying the, the introduction, Amr HaMechaber, thus says the, the compiler, which Rabbeinu Bechayi puts at the beginning of this Shar, Shar Bitochen. And the, the function of the introduction is basically to sell us on Bitochen, to, uh, to feature the attractive points or the advantages or the benefits of having trust in Hashem. And uh, I mentioned, uh, I think, the last year, or the one before, that if you don't yet have Bitochen, you know, you're still more in a selfish mode, so you kind of need this what's in it for me uh, salesmanship. You know, why should I have Bitochen? Well, how will it benefit me? Obviously, after you have Bitochen, you know, then you're beyond that. But the, the, the preface is very much about selling us on Bitochen. So I'm just going to read the end of the preface, where he sums up uh, the preface, and then he introduces, or gives like a little index, so to speak, to all the chapters that are going to be coming. Okay, so here's the text. Now, since I have explained, the benefits of trusting in Hashem and the advantages, or perhaps the advantages and the benefits, both in regards to Torah, one's, one's spiritual life, as well as Olam, one's secular life, or God forbid to say that a Jew has any secular life, but in, in your mundane affairs, as, as occurs to me. As it, whatever occurred to me as the selling points of Bitochim. Avo'er ato, I'm going to explain now, me'inyin ha-Bitochim shiva dvarim. The actual concept of Bitochim in seven ways, seven aspects of Bitochim. In other words, we didn't really explain what Bitochim is yet. You were wondering, well, what is this Bitochim? Yeah, well, that was the point. This, the, the, the preface was to get you hooked. This Bitochim sounds great. I got to get some, but well, tell me more about it, right? That's, so it did its job. After we've explained the, be the benefits, the, the tayalis that one has, or the toyalois, the benefits, plural, that one gets, and the hana, the, 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 the advantages, um, now we're going to explain what Bitochim actually is. And that's what the, the chapters are all going to be. There are uh, seven chapters. Echad Mehem, one of them. Mahua Bitochen. What is Bitochen? Vahasheni, the second. Besibis Bitochen ala Bruyim. The causes, what would induce trust in the created beings? Why would a creation or created being, why would a human have trust? What, what cases would uh, foster a sense of trust? Vashlishi, the third. Bebir hagdomis asher ba'avuron yischayev ha'betochen be'lekim v'chiyev ha'esek b'sibais. The grounds that make it obligatory to trust in Hashem. And at the same time, not a contradiction, to employ means to gain a livelihood. We spoke about this actually earlier. 
that uh, Rabbeinu Bechaye is going to explain it's not a contradiction. Varavi, the fourth thing. The instances in which trust is applicable, where it is praiseworthy, and where it is reprehensible. In other words, there is such a concept as misplaced bitochen, and we're going to find out what that is. That's chapter 4. The Hamishi, the fifth thing. The difference between the way one who trusts in Hashem employs a means of obtaining a livelihood and the way one who does not trust in Hashem employs means of making a livelihood. Vashishi in the sixth thing. It's an explanation of the different ways one is obligated to condemn the view of those who advocate protracted pleasure-seeking in this world, and they have the hope, their soul hopes, that they will accept upon themselves serving Hashem, or the service of Hashem, when they have fulfilled these desires. In other words, these are the people who say that, you know, B'tochin is very good, but let me first make sure that I'm having uh, pleasure in this world, and then I'll get to my B'tochin. So the Rebbeinu Bechaya refers to these people uh, with an interesting name. Actually, we mentioned it in the introduction. Veheim Bali Hamashkoinois. These are called Bale Hamashkoinois. The collateral collectors, they take a mashkoin, they take a pledge. You know, like when somebody gives a loan and he doesn't know if it'll be paid, so he wants to secure the debt, he takes a pledge. You know about the guy, the, uh, the Jewish businessman who came to Chase Manhattan Bank, the, uh, the branch down in uh, Manhattan. You know that one, uh, Chase Manhattan down in Manhattan, right? The big one. In the fancy, in the, you know, in the in the skyscraper there. Anyway, so he comes down there, and he says, "I want to take out a loan for a thousand dollars." So, thousand uh, dollars, okay. They pull the credit there. He passes the credit. They give him a loan for a thousand dollars. But they say, "Hold on a second. You need a you need collateral." He says, "Well, I'll tell you what. I got my Rolls Royce out front. Here are the keys. You can take the take the car." They said, okay, fine, that's good collateral. Because that's the way they do things at Chase Manhattan Bank. You just give them the actual physical car right there. And it was, don't worry about it. It's, it's worth it. Okay, you're going to be you're gonna be happy you followed along with this. Anyways, so then the guy, he leaves. And he comes back a month later. And uh, after he comes back the, 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 to pay the, the loan, so the president of the bank is waiting for him. And he says, you know, sir... Uh, you know, while you were away, we were very curious about the loan. We, we actually, we looked into your financial portfolio and we see that you're worth half a billion dollars. And um, it's kind of strange. We were wondering, you took out a 30-day loan for $1,000. Why would you need, and then, you know, why would you need a $1,000 loan for 30 days? So the, the businessman says, 
let me ask you something. What was the collateral? He says, well, we took your Rolls Royce. We parked it in the, in the garage of the bank, right? Because the, the bank has a garage. That's where the employees park. This is also important for the joke. So a lot of, a lot of work to, okay, I hope this will be worth it. Anyways, so uh, yeah, so I gave you the collateral, the car, gave you my Rolls Royce, right? For 30 days. Yeah, it was a 30-day loan, right? Okay, and now I came back, I had to pay the loan, $1,000 that I borrowed, right? Plus the interest, the interest on the loan, $11. Yeah, it was $11, that's right. He says, and for 30 days I've been gone, right? So 30 days, yeah, he says, 30 days, I, I went on a business trip for a month. Yeah, and now he came back and I paid you the loan with 11, you know, plus $11 interest. He says, yeah, but sir, you're worth a half a billion dollars. Why'd you do all that? He says, you think I got rich spending money frivolous, frivolously? I'm about to, about to blunder the whole punchline after all that setup. He says, you think I got, <laughs> you think I got rich spending money frivolously? Where else in Manhattan can you park your car for 30 days for $11? Anyways, that's called collateral. Um, people who, um, they tell Hashem, yeah, well, after I have all my pleasure and I have all my taivas in this world, then I'm going to get started on that, on that bitochen thing, right? Okay, so they're called uh, balei that they want to have a mashkin. They want to have basically, they're telling, they're setting terms with Hashem. They're telling him, I'll have bitochin, but only after uh, I feel that I'm taken care of. When I have my ducks in a row, then I'll start bitochin. So Rabbeinu Bechaya doesn't like that. Okay. Yeah, so somebody sent me a private chat. Thank you. He says, this somewhat contradicts the story of the Tzemach Tzedek and the Chassid you told at the end of the last class. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. And I wasn't going to bring it up, but you did. But you did it in a private chat, so I appreciate that, because you didn't want to make problems. But I did think about this, actually. Um, so I'll tell you something. There's a difference between saying, I'm not going to start having bitochen until certain conditions are met. And being honest and saying, look, I'm going to start now. I'm ready to start now. But, uh, you know, sometimes you have to give the nefesh of Bahamas, you have to give the animal soul a little comfort, you know. It's like why we serve matzah ball soup at the Shabbos table, and we invite people to experience Shabbos. Really, what's Shabbos? Shabbos isn't matzah ball soup, it's, it's a spiritual thing. But the matzah ball soup gets the animal soul there, and that's, the animal soul brings the body, and then they get to experience the spirituality of it. So... If it's a condition and you're saying, no, Hashem, I'm not ready to start working on betochen until you prove something to me by putting money in my, in my account, that's, uh, we don't set terms with Hashem. That's chutzpah. But in the story, it was more like, yeah, I'm ready to start now, but you know what would take the edge off? You know, it, would, it would make me less distracted so I could focus on learning. I could learn about betochen if I wouldn't have things I have to take care of. By the way, what's that similar to? It's similar to... The whole reason that Rambam gives that uh, when Mashiach comes, that we'll have prosperity, we'll have uh, abundance. He says, do you think that we're waiting for Mashiach so that we can sip pina coladas, you know, that we could, uh, you know, all of a sudden uh, have, uh, you know, material abundance? That's not what we care about. The point is, when there's material abundance, then we'll be free to focus on, on learning Torah and connecting to Hashem. Okay, anyways, thank you for bringing that up. And anyone else who has good questions...
uh, send them in the chat. And uh, if I can't handle it, I'll just ignore it. It's fine. Don't worry. It won't, it won't disrupt. It'll only, it'll only add. Okay. And Hashvi, the seventh thing, factors that inhibit trust in Hashem. And then a summation of the whole topic about betochin and a brief survey of its various aspects or parts. And that is uh, an overview, an index, so to speak, of the forthcoming chapters. Okay, so let's do, wow, we're ready to start chapter one. Um, but before, before we do so, I want to share something with everybody. Before we get started with chapter one, very exciting, we're about to start chapter one. Um, this is a letter that is printed in the, in the Igris Kaidish, and it is letter 7887. Um, this, what you're seeing, is a copy of the original, meaning not the way that it looks in the Igris, but the way that it was received by the one to whom the Rebbe wrote the letter, which um, you see there, it says to uh, Mendel Shiichia, which is uh, Mendel Shemtov, Olav Shalom, And I'm very, very grateful. His family trusted me with this letter. I mean, it's been out before, it's not a secret, but uh, that they gave me the, the copy of the original and allowed me to share it, which uh, I think will, it, it, it's definitely inspired me, in fact, if I can share this with you, one of my main inspirations for doing this class was this letter. So now, now you'll see it as well. Um, a, a little bit of the background that uh, Mendel Shemtov at this time, I think he was 19 years old and he had some, uh, been diagnosed with some serious health problems and he was shaken up about it and he wrote to the Rebbe about it. So the Rebbe's response First, the Rebbe says, I'm taken aback by uh, your nefilas ruach, by your low spirits. And uh, the Rebbe tells him, first of all, an, you know, a natural way of pursuing uh, a cure he said, or treatment. He tells him, do according to what uh, two expert doctors tell you to do. And then strengthen your betochen in Hashem. And uh, he will certainly return you to your strength. Um, you see here what the Rebbe adds in the Ksav uh, Yad Kodshe, Rebbe's holy handwriting. Melant, melant. We learn and we learn. But when it comes to actuality, the actual practical uh, issues, Vu is where is the trust? In other words, you're learning Torah. You're learning about Hashem, and you have all these beautiful ideas, but it's too abstract. And what's the proof? That when you have a challenge in life, like in this case, the, the, the negative medical diagnosis, now all of a sudden it's shaking you up. Where's the betochen? You know, we spoke about this in the very first class, that Amban's mushal about the tree and the fruits, that people can believe in Hashem, that's like a tree, but not necessarily... Trust in Hashem, which is like the fruits. If you, see a true, if you see a tree, it doesn't necessarily have fruits, but if you see fruits, it always comes from a tree. So someone who believes in Hashem doesn't necessarily trust, but if he trusts, that came from 
from belief. And that's sort of like the difference here between melant to melant, that's the belief in Hashem, knowing about Hashem, presumably not just learning the revealed aspects of Taira, Gemara, Shulchan but also even Panimiyas Taira, where in Chassidus it explains things about Elokos, about godliness, but even that's not enough, Melant to Melant, it has to come down to practicality. And practicality means that when a person has a challenge in life, that he reacts to it differently because, because of his belief that his belief actually is translated into trust. And then, then the Rebbe continues, as far as, I guess, a, an, an, uh, as far as, I guess, advice, practically how to start to attain this more practical trust. The Rebbe says, gimel, He should study three or four times in Kemuvan, and it's understood. Kavanasi, I don't mean you should sit and read it, you know, rattle it off like Tikkun Lel Shavuos. That's not what I'm saying. Ella He should cover it in the course of a few weeks. So that was my that was my inspiration that uh, we should have a class where we learn Shadabitochen in the course of a few weeks. So. Baruch Hashem, we're doing it. All right. Um, let's start now. Chapter 1. Chapter 1 is very, very short. Perik Rishain, chapter 1. Remember, Rabbeinu Bechayah said chapter 1 is about what is Betochen? What is this thing called Betochen? Okay. Ach mohus ha-Betochen. But the, the concept of Betochen, the essence of Betochen, it is the tranquility of the one who trusts. And his heart's reliance upon the one that he's trusting in. That that person or that entity will do what is good and fitting for him. In whatever it is that he's relying on him for. Right now he's just speaking about in general. He's not saying specifically, exclusively trusting in Hashem. He's saying anytime you trust in anyone. According to the one you're trusting in's ability to deliver. And according to his understanding of what it is that's good for you. What would be considered good for you? So that's bitochen. And, and let's just say in simple English, bitochen is that you're relaxed, that you're able to breathe. He calls it menuches hanefesh. He calls it a libay that is samuch, that is a heart that relies. It's a feeling. Bitochen is a feeling. A feeling of tranquility, a feeling that everything is okay, everything is taken care of. Why? Because I'm relying on someone who is reliable. That's what it means. I'm relying on someone who is reliable. You know about the rabbi who gets up every week, he says his sermon, and there's this one guy, this one guy, Yankel, always falls asleep in the drosha. He always falls asleep. So one week, the rabbi gets up, 
And he gets up to the, the, the bima, he starts his drasha, and he looks, and Yankel's already asleep. He says, Yankel, I didn't even start yet, and you're already asleep. He says, Rabbi, I trust you, I trust you. Okay. Trust means I can rely on you. I know that you're going to deliver. You are dependable. You are reliable. Like in Yellowstone National Park, they have Old Faithful. Old Faithful is a geyser. It always blows its, uh, its water, its steam at the same time. It's dependable. It's reliable. Okay? And therefore, uh, I relax. I have tranquility. That's betochen. Okay. Avala iker but what lies at the root of his trust and gives rise to it? And if it's missing, there will not be betochen. Like, what's the secret behind the betochen? We said what the betochen is. What's the secret behind it? It's that his heart is confident and secure. He knows that the person is going to do what he said he's going to do. You have to know, not just that this person wants to do good, not just this person said they're going to do good, but that they're reliable, that they can do what they said and they will do what they said. And on and, and that basis is bitochen. Now, he's not even speaking yet about having bitochen and Hashem. Later on, we're going to go through all the different scenarios and possibilities of placing our bitochen in various different people or entities or forces and powers. And we'll figure out, we'll figure out, the Rebbeinu B'chaya will bring us to it logically where we, we, we had best place our bitochen. Okay. And he continues. And that he has in mind, meaning the person you're trusting and has in mind, to benefit him, to benefit the person who's having the trust. Even in what he did not commit himself to, and what he did not undertake to do, out of pure grace and kindness. In other words, one of the things that the person or the entity, the force, the power that I trust in has to have, not just that it's going to do something it says it's going to do, but to have my full trust, so I can really have that menuchas anafish, I have to know he'll over-deliver. He'll over-deliver. That even what he didn't promise, he's going to do even more than that. Why? Because... He has my benefit as a priority. Now, I'll just finish off with one concept here tonight. And that is this idea of nidava v'chesed. Generosity or magnanimous kindness. Um, the Maral in Nesivas Eilam, specifically in the Nesiva Batochin, which has ideas that are obviously applicable here to Shara Betochen. The Maral speaks a little bit about, about this idea, about Hashem's Nidava Vechasid. He doesn't use those exact words, but the idea of Hashem being kind so that he'll over-deliver. Um, there's a posik 
in the Navi Yeshio. Bitchu Vashem Adiyad, trust in Hashem forever and ever. Ki biyudke Hashem sur elamim. For in Yudke, the Lord, you shall you have an everlasting rock. So he explains like this. A person might think, who am I to assume that Hashem is going to do kindness for me? I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. So he says, listen, it's not about you. Well, what if, what if uh, I'm, I'm, I'm worthy of punishment? What if I've earned the opposite? It's not about you. Hashem is kind. Like like the Rebbeinu B'chayah says, Nedava V'chasid. And therefore... Bitchu v'ashem adayad. Trust in Hashem always. Always means in every case. Whether you think you deserve it, or you earned it, or you think you don't deserve it, or you didn't earn it. Why? Because ki b'yud ke Hashem lamim. Yud ke, yud and he. We know that Hashem created the two worlds, Elam Haza and Elam Haba, from those two letters of His name. What does this mean? It means that since Hashem created the whole world, and He controls the whole world, He can do as He sees fit. And therefore, He's not limited. He's not compelled to follow any rules that He doesn't want to follow, and He can be overly generous. It's not as if He says to you, I'm sorry, you know, what can I do? Uh, There's a policy over here, and you don't deserve my kindness. No, Hashem can be overly kind. He can do even more than... Uh, than, than promised. Now, from the point of view of Chassidus, we go even further than that. And we say that Betochen has power to elicit Hashem's kindness even when maybe, yeah, we don't deserve it. And how is that? What, what is that? Like, that, that, that that's a hack? That's like uh, exploiting the system, or it's a workaround, or you know, finding a bug in the system, or you know, a price glitch, right? Okay, so I want to recommend to everybody to, to, to learn a sicha in Pereglamid Vav of Lakute Sichas. It's the first sicha in Pereglamid Vav. And uh, over there, it really elaborates in a very rich way on the whole sugya of Bitachin. But I'll just tell you one thing that it says over there. I'm sure we've heard the, 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 the statement, Trach gut sein gut. This comes from a chassid of the Tzemach Tzedek, whose son was in grave danger, and the chassid went to the Tzemach Tzedek, and he, the chassid didn't even think he should bother going to Lubavitch because the doctors already said the son wasn't going to make it. And he got there, and, and the Tzemach Tzedek told him, Tracht gut wird sein gut. If you think good, it will be good. And he got home, and his son miraculously had uh, recovered. So in this sicha, the Rebbe explains like this. What does it mean, think good, it will be good? There's some type of, a, you know, like a workaround, a, like, a, like a hack. Well, what, what's going on here? So the Rebbe explains like this. You're going to say, well, hold on, I don't really deserve the kindness, and then I'm going to think good, and it's, going to, it's, going to, it's like a trick that it's going to make things end up working out a certain way. It's not a trick. It's not a trick at all. Hashem Silcho, like David Amalek says. And the Baal Shem Tov elaborates, Hashem is your shadow. 
Hashem works reciprocally. When you act as if you are going to see revealed good, even when you don't deserve it, that itself is a kli. That itself is a vessel for allowing Hashem to act that way toward you. So it's not a trick. It's actually, it's, leg it's legitimate work. You think it's so easy to be tranquil and to be positive and to let go and, and just to feel totally helped already before you see your deliverance? That's not easy. It's a lot of work. So it's not a trick. It's, it's legitimate work. And when we'll do that work, it's mental work, it's emotional work, and we think good, then we allow Hashem to do good for us, even if we don't necessarily deserve it, but in the merit of thinking good, it, the work that we put into getting ourselves into that mental space and emotional space, that's enough for Hashem to deliver the goodness. Okay, that is the end of chapter one. With Hashem's help, we will continue tomorrow night with chapter two. Thank you so much to everybody.